0: WFAE's David Borax has the story. Tariq Bokhari and Larkin Eggleston call their podcast R&D in the QC. Eggleston says they hope to reach people who may not pay attention to the council. Eggleston is 35 and a Democrat. Bokhari is a 37-year-old Republican. Despite their political differences, they bonded on the campaign trail, in part over their beards, says Bokhari. The beards themselves are what truly united us in the beginning. They hope to be an example of how to debate productively across the political divide. Episode 37. Intergovernmental Committee. Rezoning. Community events. Grilled cheese. Episode
1: 37. Welcome to R and in the QC. Happy to have y'all back. It has been a long day, but not particularly exciting, so it might be a short episode.
0: Terribly boring. What do you got, Tark? I, nothing, man. Nothing at all. I'm going to tell you, I feel a lot better this week than I did last week.
1: What happened last? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. You, had your, you had your procedure that you got all like way week. too honest about. Brutal. Brutal. So, how, how long did that pain last? Yeah,
0: uh, the full week. The full yeah. week. Thanks to all... The R and D friends of the pod who came up to me asking if I was okay throughout the week and, and kicked you. Yeah, no, I mean you could really tell who the who the true friends of the pod were. So all you week. actually
1: did have people come and ask Many you about that. Many people. That's like funny. Mul-
0: multiple people.
1: That is funny. Um, what all did you have since last Monday's episode, or were you mostly just on your your frozen peas?
0: Well, uh, I was on my peas and Q's, Let me tell you, and I had. Really, the first uh, the first uh, opportunity that I have been waiting for with this podcast, uh, which is celebrity kind of status and appearances, uh, and that occurred at the Grilled Cheese Festival. Uh, big shout out to Al, your boy, right? Called me in, needed the heavy hitter to come in as the celebrity uh, judge for the Grilled Cheese S- competition. Slash I wasn't available. Well, you know. Whatever, dude. How, so, how were the grilled cheeses? Who had uh, the best grilled cheese? Well, you know, uh I I voted in my celebrity status for. Um, Let's frame was, celebrity.
1: Who were the other celebrity judges?
0: I think it might have just been me. I'm not sure.
1: You're not sure if there were other judges.
0: Well, here's here's so <laughs> sounds I <appreciate>, superficial. <laughs> I appreciate Al allowing me to be the celebrity judge, but he just kind of said like, "Go walk around and taste them all, and then just <laughs> let me know which one you liked."
1: <laughs> Al, I love you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to be a little I was bit waiting more for there
0: to be like a table where they're like, What do you like put a blindfold on me? But you know what? Al was the man.
1: So what was your favorite? who was your favorite grilled cheese?
0: Uh, I'm looking at I, I texted it to Al. I think it was like uh Harry's. Is that a thing? Yeah, the Harry's grill. Harry yeah, yeah. Those guys they pretty they were legit pretty legit. Was it like yeah. a super Harry, gourmet? Was it.
1: Super gourmet one yeah, or it was like good a
0: bread, it was good cheese. It's all kinds of stuff.
1: Like man. Gouda, Gruyere, what kind of stuff yeah, was going all on there? that,
0: dude. That sounds right. You know what else was really funny about that event? This is a true statement, in fact. Grilled uh,
1: Cheese Festival was held where? At uh, All-American Pub? In or the in the parking lot? lot? Yeah, yeah, out there.
0: So right before I'm about to go, I made my plan, had my family. Well, <laughs> Your pack of Rolaids. Everything. <laughs> and then I look at the website right before I go, and it says like 21 and up. I mean, so a, I grill, a grilled
1: cheese event, you got to
0: think. Yeah. It's kind of an adult yeah. thing. Oh, of course. And I ping him, and I'm like, hey, is it cool if I bring my kids? You know, I mean, kind of with the family. He's like, ah, yeah, it's fine. We're just worried about drinking. And I was like, well, the oldest one is five, so I don't think you have a problem there.
1: <laughs> You'll spot that from
0: a mile so away. So I'm walking around with my youngest in, in the stroller from place to place, and this one kid looks over at me when I walk by. He's like, hey, man, like, I thought it was 21 and up, brah. And I said, oh, don't hey, worry. Hey, soccer dad. <laughs> I said, oh, I said, don't worry. I said, he's got that. He's got that crazy disease. He's like, You mean like the Benjamin Button disease? And I was like, Yeah, brah. And that was, that was what happened.
1: Good story, man. It's a great story. Totally agree. Um, so that's the right. my, my one. Uh, what did you do? Actually, I'll give three oh, cool. cool last week event shout outs. Why don't
0: you let me be a judge of that?
1: Thursday, I got to go by Savannah Mill and participate in. Uh, get together to celebrate the Lakewood Trolley, which has returned home to Charlotte from uh, its an old streetcar, returned home from the North Carolina Transportation Museum in Spencer, North Carolina. And um, so that was really cool. Shout out to Greg at Savona Mill. Saturday, went to two really cool events. Uh, got to go to the Hornets Heroes and Legends Gala, and uh, they had everybody from Muggsy Bogues and Del Curry to. Uh, Johnny Newman, they had all these old school Hornets players and every single member of the current Hornets team. Uh, so that was pretty fun. And then that evening went over to Goodyear Arts at Camp North End for their Mythos party. My friends Amy and Amy that run Goodyear Arts uh through a big bash. The Amy's the Amy's and uh it was it was pretty a pretty wild party. Hmm. And I, I looked severely out of place. It was like a theme party. Everyone was dressed as like a mythical god or goddess or creature and i was in a suit and i was in a black tie a uh, little get up from the hornets thing so people were very very confused by my attire but yeah accepted me none the, nonetheless that. um oh and one last uh charlotte shout out here uh my buddy manny just opened his fourth location of Keonda, uh which means spanish for what's up and that's right out near university of north carolina at charlotte Uh, On North Tryon, go check out Manny at Kayonda or any of his other locations. I got to check them out for their little friends and family opening last night. And uh, food is always delicious. Margaritas.
0: Brought to you by (laughs) Kayonda.
1: Brought to you by Margaritas. Uh, All right, today. Yeah. So we had an intergovernmental committee meeting. IRC. Tell them about it. Uh, You presented a couple of things. We let council members present topics that they wanted the Intergovernmental Relations Committee to Possibly study or take on and, and advocate for, and then we also let our department heads present as well. So, why don't um, you, uh, why don't you give them the rundown yeah, on the?
0: You know, we're end, we're at, we're we're approaching the end of our gathering process to then populate after we vet it our legislative agenda, both at the state and at the federal level. So, we've been trying to approach this maybe a little more. Uh, disciplined yet also kind of like open to be able to come up with as many great ideas as we can. We had we heard a number of things today. We also heard for the first time some of staff's request in different departments and um, and I got to bring up a couple things. I've talked about 5G before and a few of the others veterans owned businesses getting a special kind of consideration in our contracting processes. So those are the things that uh, that I threw on the table. Many others threw other items. Uh, and we'll be getting close to coming to a conclusion there pretty soon.
1: And Mayor Pro Tem, Isolt uh, brought up an issue around the Community Safety Committee. Um Mitchell brought up something from the Economic Development Committee. So uh, w- we had opportunities to hear from everybody. And that was part of the, the point of how you and I tried to set up that process as the co-chairs of that committee was making sure that everybody – had a clear understanding of the process if they had an issue that they wanted us to tackle how to get that uh on the list and dealt with so uh, we'll hear some more of those but yeah to your point we are uh honing in on what our legislative agenda will be for the the upcoming year the upcoming session in both raleigh and washington as we start to interact with whatever that new general assembly and new congress looks like uh, and whoever's in those respective cities representing us uh Rezoning meeting tonight, it took a while primarily because of two petitions. Um, We rattled through a lot of the decisions really quickly. Some that people might remember we talked about last month uh, that were very complicated, got deferred. So the one that we discussed last month in NODA where there was the uh, Reuse of the old church, inclusion of some affordable housing, some market rate single-family housing. That got deferred, still trying to work through some of the concerns of some of the neighbors in that area uh, to get to a better place. There was one, I don't know if we discussed it last month or not, in Cherry, um, where the petitioner deferred to continue working with neighbors on some of their concerns there. And then one in the Optimus Park neighborhood uh, that also deferred. So all three— Every time
0: I hear that, I think Optimus Prime. Yeah, It's gonna I'm just gonna be honest.
1: Um, well, it is transforming. Oh, so, that was terrible. Sorry, um, but it was a pop culture reference, which you always well, chastise me good. for not good. for not knowing Never anything mind. about pop Never culture. Mind. You you are correct. Um, credit where credit is due. Do. So the only ones in my district that we voted on tonight were ones that were pretty uh, cut and dry. We had what one or two in your district that were pretty similarly well, It
0: seems cut and dry, but it actually wasn't because
1: you had a park road.
0: Yeah. Well, the one on park, uh, park near Sharon. Yeah. That, and that actually almost blew up last week. This was crazy. They staff had, had been presenting it like they were supporting it the entire time. If you're not familiar, the, there was just a big redevelopment at the corner of Sharon and park right down from that. If you go down park towards uptown, a couple hundred yards, on the right-hand side, there's this space, and you know it's it's nothing crazy, uh, condos, townhomes, something like that. Um, but Cdot came out at the at the eleventh hour and said they were going to oppose it unless they essentially gave them additional right of way that would would have resulted in trees being lost from from. Um, from certain elements of, uh, of what ultimately a bike and uh, plan might have in the future, but was kind of loose at best. I, I didn't fully get down to ex- the exact angle of disagreement, but what I did was pulled the parties together and said, look, it seems like the answer is somewhere in between here, so I need you both to be a little more flexible. And credit where it's due, they both came back to the table within the next two days after that, and, and figured out a solution. So I, I was very pleased that I didn't have uh, a, a problem on my hands to have to kind of decide between today.
1: Yeah, that's my hope with the note and the Cherry ones as well, is I, I still think there's something out there that will mostly <laughs> satisfy everybody. Good luck, bro. And uh, some my fingers are crossed. <laughs> One that we did approve tonight, and it wasn't complicated, no opposition, and it made a lot of sense directly across from the Parkwood light rail station. I think we briefly mentioned it last week. Um But we approved another brewery that will be right there in Optimus Park at the corner of uh, Parkwood and I believe that's Parkwood and uh, Caldwell or or Brevard right there. It's Brevard. And so look forward to that. We'll have to go. We'll have to go check that out. Done. Uh, I assume we'll be invited to the groundbreaking. You know, you know, I like I like groundbreaking.
0: My guess is everyone knows that at this point. Be like well, a mandatory invite for all groundbreakings.
1: Well, then like when your kids are grown, we can go back and be like, look, little buddy, your dad helped build that. I dug the first shovels worth of dirt.
0: I'm going to assume by then the secret service isn't going to allow me to talk to people like you. So
1: <laughs> I'm not sure which one of us you're referring to as president at that point, but I think it's a safe bet that neither of us will be.
0: Hey, uh, uh r- r- before we finish zoning, uh, l- that was a really intriguing one, the first one in the hearings tonight in your district. <clears throat> yeah, we spent we spent literally an
1: hour on each of the first two petitions and then uh, thankfully managed to kind of burn through the rest of them. But, um, yeah, it's a plan that we have seen. I mentioned that we deferred one from Optimus Park tonight that's essentially the same site plan as the one we had a hearing for in the Belmont community tonight. And it is, in both cases, a corner lot that is – you know, like a fifth to a quarter of an acre somewhere in that ballpark. And it's five townhouses. One of those townhouses on both of those plans is designated as affordable. Uh, In both cases, there is not an existing house on that lot. So they're not tearing down a house to build these. And so it's, we got into a lot of philosophical discussions about it. Uh, The density, when you do the math on a plot, a parcel that small and for five units the density's through the roof compared to what the plan is there, but and I don't I don't know that there's a right answer, and I'm sure that there are differing opinions of neighbors. In the case of the Optimus Park one, it was pretty universal support for this project that we'll now vote on next month. We'll now vote on both of them next month, essentially the same plan and just a couple blocks away from each other. And the other one, which is just barely in the Belmont community because it's on the other side of the creek, which is where that line is, the Belmont community supported it, but there are uh, some folks in that neighborhood who. Are in disagreement but either way philosophically i was posing the question of if we're trying to preserve the character of these neighborhoods is the character of these neighborhoods completely tied up in the idea that they are single family houses because
0: half a mile from the light rail
1: well right half a mile from the light rail so there's there's the opportunity i think for density near transit stations but separate from that some of these thirty five hundred square foot houses that are getting built, and I always use the ones on Matheson as an example because if you've driven down Matheson, you know which ones I'm talking about. They're just gargantuan. I would contend that though the, though those are single family houses, they're not in keeping with the historic uh, neighborhood that they they exist in. So I don't know whether we're better off saying let's have seven hundred thousand dollar single family houses just in the name of preserving single family houses in these neighborhoods. Or whether we're better off having two hundred and fifty, three hundred thousand dollars townhomes that are more dense, but not necessarily like greater in massing. So I, and again, I, I didn't pose that question with a with an answer necessarily, but I do think that over time, if all of these neighborhoods along the light rail and and within a couple mile radius of uptown are just thirty five hundred square foot houses that cost seven hundred thousand dollars, that's very limiting as to who can live there. We need a mixed of housing types, housing sizes, prices. Um, and I don't know how we achieve that. And if the, if the ultimate goal is really to preserve the historic character of the neighborhoods, we've got to figure out a a different way to message that and to codify that than just saying it's all about whether it's a single family home or not, because these giant homes are eroding the character of these neighborhoods, uh, very much, (laughs) at least I would say similarly, uh, as a proposal like this that would build townhouses. So I, I don't know how you, how you build and preserve or how you not build, but how you preserve neighborhoods that were historically 1,200, 13, 1400 square foot craftsman homes. There's not, not anybody out building those right now. I don't feel like,
0: you know, and my, my, I, I see that angle of it. My, the point I raised at the end was on the other side of the coin. You know, we've made a call to action to this community in the last year. To say, bring us creative design. You said that in one of your times. Bring us, man. I would love to see like not cookie cutter stuff. I'd like to say creative design. This is clearly that. Uh, we we want more density a, a, around you know mass transit areas. We have asked for people to help us with affordable housing, which this does, and we've asked people to get on the same page, put the work in, and get on 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 board with uh, the neighborhood associations. Which, by the way. I, I am super surprised they've gotten the buy-in of the neighborhood association with us, uh, or, or whatever that, that group is. Uh, well, when you
1: live in these neighborhoods, and, and I do, I'm just around around the way from both of these projects. So
0: it's a coyote-infested area?
1: <laughs> well, there's, no, the coyotes are more over near my house. Coyotes. But when you see the other housing stock that's being built, again, in the name of, well, it's single family, we want to keep single family, it's but it's not in keeping with the historic character of these neighborhoods a lot of times. And so I think people realize that if everything that gets built, I've got six houses being built next to me right now uh, where I live that are going to go for over $600,000 each. And they're replacing what was one single family home. Um, I'm accepting that density. It's not necessarily my preference, but I also know that I moved into a neighborhood that's close to uptown, close to a future transit corridor and so it is what it is. That's kind of what I signed up for. But these houses are going for six hundred thousand dollars. I bought my house for two hundred some thousand dollars a decade ago. I wouldn't be able to afford to buy into my neighborhood now if I had to. And and so I don't. But you're in it. Well, right. And that is this not the best. That is what you as a homeowner is
0: are hoping for. Are you not?
1: But I also want. I, I don't want to eliminate the opportunity for somebody. I was. Or like I guess 25 years old or something when I bought my house someone who's 25 should still be able to buy a house two miles from uptown and near transit and it shouldn't be it shouldn't get to the point where you've got to be a millionaire to live anywhere within two miles of uptown and that's the direction that we're headed and so 25 year old me out there on the street today couldn't buy a house in Plaza Midwood hardly and that's that's a problem. And so now they've, they've started. So you're
0: willing to sacrifice your own asset, probably one of the biggest assets that, that you, you, you know, from an investment perspective, that's, that's performed for you for the greater good.
1: Well, I'm not sacrificing it regardless. I'll have still made money. I've got a 1500 square foot house. that was built in the fifties. I'll have made a good amount of money on it because of all of what's going on in Plaza Midwood. But I, I want to keep that 1,500-square-foot house. Everybody else around me is tearing them down and building three and 4,000-square-foot houses. And to me, that's losing the character of the neighborhood just as much as if they were building three or four townhouses instead. And in fact, behind the six single-family houses that are being built next to me, they tore down a duplex and they're building eight townhouses. So, I mean, from the density perspective, I'm living it right now, right out my kitchen window. but. I I think that at least those townhouses will offer a different price point product than the $600,000 or more single family houses. And I I just think that we're headed in a direction where you're going to have to be so wealthy to live near transit and live near town that it's, it's going to completely negate the ability. We we want these things to be tools of upward mobility. We want people to have access to, to goods and services and transit, but then we create these situations where you've got to be able to afford a five or six hundred thousand dollars house to do that. And I, I don't. There's no easy solution. But yeah, in both cases, it is interesting that the neighborhoods support it because, and I think that also speaks. It's the same petitioner in both instances. I think it speaks to the fact that those petitioners went back over and again to these neighborhood meetings and to the neighborhood leaders and worked with them and made changes and and said, we want to do something that's beneficial for the neighborhood. We're not just trying to cash in and and run. Uh, And a lot of the developments they're doing are in those neighborhoods. And as Braxton pointed out tonight, he said, I'm guessing this isn't the last one you want to do in these areas. Assuming we pass some of these, they'll continue to look for those opportunities. And they know if they burn the neighborhood on the first one, that they're not going to have the neighborhood support on the fifth one or the sixth one. So, you know, I don't know. It's, it's an, it's a noble goal to say that, that some of these neighborhoods should be all single family forever, but I don't know that it's a realistic goal. And if they are all single family forever, it's sure as hell not going to be anything that the average person can afford. Uh, So I, I do think the diversity of product and diversity of price and diversity of size is important to maintain or, or recreate as we are losing a lot of our older housing stock. But it was a a long philosophical discussion. I don't really know where it'll go from here. I mean, there were definitely some council members that had concerns about it. I couldn't really get a sense of, you know, what the vote count might've been if we'd have voted on it tonight, but it's, it's certainly not going to be an overwhelming yes or no. I think a lot of people, um, have a lot of questions.
0: Well, maybe we should go traverse the site, you know, that Um, is important. Uh, so, uh, Quick question. This jumped in my mind. Um, are, were you surprised at the? Uh, clearly, it's a it's a it's a divisive topic of sorts. But were you surprised at kind of the the uh, interest that the community all of a sudden activated on with the four year terms conversation in the last week?
1: So for anybody who gets all of their news from R and D in the Q C and doesn't read the newspaper, then great.
0: That's good. <laughs> That's good the for way you, you should do it. Yeah.
1: Um, former council member and mayoral candidate, Kenny Smith wrote an op-ed for the Charlotte Observer, uh, that talked about why he does not support the idea of four-year terms for council members. Um, Mayor Pro Tem Julie Isselt wrote an op-ed for the Observer in response to that. And then former mayor, Jennifer Roberts wrote in saying we should, that she didn't support four-year terms either. So Kenny and and Jennifer found something they agree on. So there's, I guess
0: that's something to be applauded. So the is writing op eds into the newspaper is that like uh, is that like uh, old people's form of tweeting? Is that is that what they do?
1: Yes, we'll we'll go with yes. <laughs> um, although I've written letters to the editor myself, but I'm I'm kind of an old school guy. Um, so it it did it kind of sparked off a of, of Facebook debates all over tons of different people's pages, and um, we've heard and seen a lot of the comments on those I've tried not to wade into that. I've I've tried not to wade into that issue in the, in the first place. It's not while I think that that long-term that's probably the best practice for better, more effective government in Charlotte. Um, it's not something that's enough of a priority for me that I'm going to fight for it. I ran to work on affordable housing, transportation, historic preservation. I'm going to focus on those things and not get caught up in discussions that are not part of uh, why I ran for council. Um, but it, it did. It kind of took on a life of its own after all those got published in the course of like two or three days. And one of the things that I think we need to be very clear about, because there's clearly misunderstanding is no one, whether you, and there are people in council who definitely support it, people who definitely don't. And, and a handful of us in the middle, uh, no one has proposed or would dream of trying to retroactively change the length of the term we were elected for in 2017. That's never been on the table. It's never been discussed and wouldn't be considered. And a lot of us on the fence, and even probably some of the ones who in theory support this, uh, would not support that. So anybody who's worried that that the people who are leading the charge here are trying to lengthen the term they're currently serving, not a possibility.
0: Yeah, On, on its own merits, I'm against it, but I, I have to agree with you on that front. I've never heard anyone bring up uh, something that's retroactive or a midterm. So.
1: But there are people who there's been discussion of just the council can do this and and make it so um and there's people who would support that there's people who say well i could support it but it would need to be on the ballot for voters to decide on uh, and there's people who under neither circumstance would support it uh the budget and the other thing that that i took issue with on kenny's op-ed was i thought it was a bit disingenuous well not i thought it was a lot disingenuous he said that this has been a backroom deal, which it flat out hasn't been. Um, it's been discussed in the open. It's been discussed in committees, which committees, I might add, have been made more transparent by this council than previous councils because they're all live streamed on Facebook. Um, so anybody can access it, whether they can make it to the government center or not, or whether they can even watch it live or not. They can go back and watch it later. And so, and what he might have genuinely not known. Mayor Lyles kind of rolled the governance committee into the budget committee because both of them. Um,
0: oh, that's where he was confused because I I think it was he might him not have known that he said the budget committee was a was a, the a wrong place for it. That and that makes round sense hole now, He didn't realize peg. that GAC, formerly Government Accountability Committee, was actually rolled into budget. Okay, yeah, that so makes sense. The, so to those me
1: two not. committees yeah. that didn't ever have at least not year round a full workload. She didn't see the need for those to be split. She combined them and it's, it's kind of informally referred to as just the budget committee, but it's the budget and accountability, or bu- or, but no budget and um, effectiveness Yeah, is what b- she calls it. B&E. So, so <laughs> <laughs> we might start using that. So, so that's not a disingenuous place for it to be though. Again, at first glance, if you just saw budget committee, it does seem, uh, like a a bad fit. So that might've been just a, an, an honest misunderstanding, but to say it's been a backroom deal was completely disingenuous. Um, and I think that it's, it's a discussion that again, I'm content to let other people have because it's, uh, I have, I have an opinion on it, but it's not that strong and it's not a priority of mine. Um, so we'll see how it plays out in the court of public opinion and, uh, how
0: the folks who are leading the charge on that want to, to move forward with it or not. But um, my, my, my point on it was um, I personally, as an individual, don't like it. I if, if it if I had to sign up for a four year term in twenty nineteen, I'd have to think long and hard. Am I in this for another well, so four would years? your voters exactly, probably. Right. Um, but then just more broadly, you know, there's some pros, less fundraising, less signs out there. But I hate the cons of it. Of, less
1: grandstanding, maybe. Le-
0: well, hey, that's another great point. But, um, are you in favor of it all of a sudden? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe after of late. but, but even more importantly, on, on the con side, I just don't like like you're at, a, you're at a different level of accountability during an election year, especially around people who are predispositioned to want to raise taxes. So I, I would hate to have three years opposed to one year where, where that risk heightens at that level. Now, I'm not so against it, right? that I, I wouldn't be willing to do some horse trading if somebody wanted to, right, for some reason. Um, I don't have a lot of leverage on that front, but if somebody is interested in my support, I've laid it out there that if you throw out, we come together with a unified voice to the General Assembly and request term limits, and within our own power, we consider and reduce the number of at-large seats to better reflect Republican-Democrat demographics that exist in Charlotte with elected officials— uh, that can possibly be elected. Well, the, the, that's my equation, but it's a non-starter. If, um, if uh, we did it in year terms, obviously not going to do. And if we, at the end of our horse trading, came up with an agreement, if we didn't put that in front of the voters to ultimately let them make the indecision, decision, that, that would also be a non-starter for me. So very specific set of requirements on my front. I'm kind of opposed to it already naturally, but not not so much so that I wouldn't be willing to negotiate on what I thought would be best for Charlotte in the long run. And, and I'm
1: actually open-minded to term limits, but i that's not something that the council or voters, as I understand it, can enact. It would have to come from the General that's Assembly, correct. as you mentioned. So, um, But I, I think there's some merit to that too i don't know i mean it's um now one other thing that has gotten lost in a lot of this that folks haven't mentioned i don't know that moves the needle for anybody opinion wise but um, i think that most everybody for or against kind of agrees that if you were going to do it the best practice practice would be to do staggered terms like the school board does uh, and that way the board not in it's not in its entirety but the board at least half of it every two years would be uh, there'd be an opportunity for voters to hold the city council accountable because you'd have at large members running, every, you know, one in 20, let's call it 2021, and then the district uh, representatives would be running in 2023 and so on. So
0: but debate me on this for a second. Ready? I'm going to say a premise and you tell me if you agree or disagree. Charlotte does not need at large representatives. Uh, I could go either way. I mean, I think I don't think at large representatives do less tactical work being connected to a district with all the stuff we have to do there. I don't see any of them doing any more strategic work than I'm doing. Right. And we all think about while we all take different parts of things as leadership roles in our districts, we all look at all of Charlotte with all the decision making that we do. Explain it's less work. (laughs) <laughs> and and we're all doing the same strategy work and it, in having them it waters down the match between our de- our political demographic and town why do we need at large seats
1: i think if you're going to if i accept your premise if you're going to eliminate at large seats i think you'd you'd shave down the districts and make more districts so i think you'd maybe
0: Why? Dude, we are so far above and beyond the number of representatives in our city compared to any other uh, municipality in North Carolina. We are by by a large number. How many does Raleigh have? I I remember seeing the numbers where 11 was the tops and the next closest was like eight or something like that. And the averages were like five and six and seven.
1: I'm skeptical that anybody would have an an even number of of council members i don't, I don't remember for but sure. um, I, I may be wrong i mean raleigh this. is the only city that would make any sense to compare ourselves to and even that's a bit of a stretch but i i, I think you could make it more manageable in each district potentially by having I mean, maybe it's nine district members or something i don't know um to be clear to anybody who's listening that hasn't really been discussed it's something i mean you've talked about Either taking away some or if you all took of the away at large, all
0: at large, you and and it, you kept the districts where they are today. It would be five two, and that and it wouldn't be six one. It wouldn't be four three because there are no swing districts right now. It'd be five two, and that is slightly better of, of odds. Or you could make, or you could make
1: nine or eleven districts if you're going to go all districts and have some of those set up as swing districts. So I mean, you could potentially give yourself a little bit more approved. flexibility for the the city as a whole to decide if they wanted to shif- shift a little one way or the other. But I don't know. I mean, I do think that when I've got – I don't know how many you have, but I've got 29 precincts in my district, and there are plenty of nights where I've got four different neighborhood meetings on the same night. So I do think that if you were going to go all districts, it would make sense to make them more manageable so that you can spend more time – with the neighborhoods that you have because those 29 precincts reflect more than 29 neighborhoods. And in my case, most of those are organized and meet regularly and have um, as you're well aware most of the, the kind of heavy lift and complicated rezonings end up in my district. So might not be the case in every district, but I do think that you could make the districts more manageable and have more district reps. If you went that route, um, you know, I don't, I'm not philosophically approved, all in or all out on that idea, but I think that's a, a much heavier lift and much longer discussion to figure out the mechanics of it than than what's being all talked right, about before your rates, terms.
0: So we'll figure out how to go rally up the rest.
1: I'm not sure you got my vote yet. I don't think you heard Done. me. Done.
0: That's what all else? I got, man. We got some stuff coming up, don't we?
1: We do. We're doing. Um, I mean, some of it, some of it is open to the public. Some of it's not, I guess. But we are doing on Thursday of this week. It's not a live podcast, but it's going to be kind of a, kind of that type of a show without the, the recording. Um, we're going to be doing that for students and faculty at Johnson & Wales, so looking forward to that Thursday morning, kind of doing a civic engagement and uh, why you should be involved in your community discussion with uh, a lot of the young folks out at Johnson & Wales, so we will look forward to that. And then Mm. next week we are doing a live podcast a live audience podcast so we'll have i guess we'll have two episodes next week we'll have one monday after the meeting uh and then at some point later in the week next week we will put online the live audience show we're doing wednesday october 24th this is open to the public though you do have to sign up i think it's free but you have to register and there's only a handful of spots left united united way has a young leaders uh group that puts on, I think, monthly events. And so for one of those, you and I and a young entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneur whose name is escaping me at this mm-hmm. exact moment, but I'm going to look it up uh, and give her a shout-out, the three of us are going to be doing a panel discussion uh, that will be in the form of an R&D in the QC you got to come
0: check it out if you haven't seen it. It's just like Pod Save America, but it doesn't suck.
1: Um, Pod save america guys i don't think you suck i love your show mm-hmm. so it is a little
0: more balance maybe wouldn't hurt them
1: Jania massey uh, from stiletto boss is going to be on there as uh as a guest on the podcast and that is being hosted at the no company store uh right behind smelly cat coffee if you've ever been there so it's going to be a lot of fun come out and join us for that if you can like i said sign up there are tickets on eventbrite uh, but if you look up com. United Way's Young Leaders Events on uh, on Facebook, they got a Facebook invite out there for it. And it's also on the R&D and the QC Facebook page. It's linked there. So we'd love for you to join us and um, two episodes next week. So put that in your calendars. Should we just maybe do one? Well, no. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about after, uh, after the next council meeting.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Anywho, that's all I got. Yeah, man. Well, we did it.
1: Thirty seven.
0: Thirty seven. I think we've just surpassed twenty-three thousand downloads, by the way. Just FYI keeping you updated. Thank this you. This is sir. serious. Serious fame. More grilled cheese festivals and judging celebrity status. Your I'm st- looking for like your star is rising. We maybe we, na-
1: maybe next year a chili festival.
0: Ooh, yeah, okay. I work on that. I, this is a call to action out there. If you got a festival, does it involve food? Does it need judges? We're in. We're in. I'm number one, and if I can't do it, you probably then I think should ask we know, Larkin. I
1: think we know who the uh, who the leader of the pack is in terms of eating.
0: Yeah, that's true. What a <laughs> terrible dinner we had tonight. Yeah, it was really yeah. bad. All right.
1: All right. Like, share, do comment. It. Tell make, friends, make it happen. Come see us next Wednesday for the United Way event, and uh, talk to y'all soon. Traverse later.